0: It's very easy to kind of beat yourself up to think like I am a grown adult and yet I have to go to a company for them to help me. When in all honesty in the world today with these credit card rates and things that are happening, it doesn't make you a bad person because you um, inquired some debt. I mean, it happens to the best of us. And I feel like I really want to encourage the people that did get into some debt, did reach out to Greenpath, was doing very well and had a major slip up. To be honest with you, I'm so glad I called, you know, Green Path because there are a lot out there that don't work like you guys do. Um, so I've been very happy with this program, and I guess I would just really want to encourage people to just keep moving on and don't knock yourself because you know you're not the only one out there. There's a lot more people, and I found that out just talking to people.
1: Welcome to Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lugazima. We've met dozens of amazing people in the three and a half years since our podcast started. This month and next, we'll be catching up with some of our former guests. Each of our stories ends with a message of hope. Of course, the people we talk to continue to face life's ups and downs after our conversation. One person who has faced such ups and downs is our first guest, Michelle. She spoke to us all the way back in episode five. We'll link out to her episode in the show notes. Michelle originally spoke to us shortly after she enrolled in a debt management program with Greenpath. Today, she's a year away from completing it. Her journey since we last spoke is more complicated than that, though. Let's catch up with Michelle. Michelle, welcome back to Real Stories. So glad that you were able to join us today. And as we've been uh, doing with some other guests as well, um, today I wanted to just get an update on how things are going uh, with you since we last spoke. I remember our initial interview was a month or two before the pandemic started. We had a little snippet of things sort of right in the in the midst of it as it started and how that affected you as well. Um, so I know when you first started, you were like, about less than a year or so into your debt management plan. And now it's guessing it's been about like three or four years. Um, so let's start there. Like how's your debt management program and the debts that are part of that? How's that going?
0: So my debt management program is actually going very well. I've paid off about $19,000 and I hit my 50 month mark on the program. Honestly, it was super easy. I was very nervous at the beginning but the further I got into the program, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders, and I could just kind of push that over. It was it was hard at first because I like to be in control of my own things, and at the beginning, I felt like I almost was a failure that I had to reach out. But honestly, it was the best thing I ever did, and I know in that time frame, if I would have not have called Green Path, I, I can't even imagine how much debt I would still be in because of the
1: interest rates. So
0: paying off $19,000 is huge to me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, how how do you, have you had any sort of estimates as to when you're going to be complete with that?
0: Actually, I should be done in the next 11 months.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. So kind of right at the five-year mark, uh, which is sort of the outer uh, time limit of how that works. That's awesome. Um, What about like with regards to other aspects of your finances outside of the credit card debt on the Debt management plan. Have there been any? Let's start with like, have there been any accomplishments when it comes to savings or other goals that you've been working on?
0: Well, you know, I actually was doing really well for quite some time. And then I had some extra debt kind of fall in just between my, you know, my daughter's college and books and classes and things like that. So I have incurred some debt outside of my program. But the difference is I feel more in control now. I feel like. Um, I'm better at budgeting now. Um, my main goal, of course, is to get completely out of debt. And that's the path I'm going. But I've taken the pressure off of timing. I think that was a lot of my problems. I did the all or nothing and I took it all the whole picture. And um, a couple years ago, just it was very overwhelming where although I've incurred some extra debt, I don't feel overwhelmed by it um it fits in my budget where before green path it didn't fit in my budget so i think that's the difference so i definitely feel more in control um when i first called green path everything was it was just such a mess and it was so overwhelming and they really taught me so many different skills just in budgeting um you know what's important what to pay first higher interest things like that so it's been a very good learning process for me so i think the extra debt that I do have now, with things that were out of my control, um, is just it's it's easier to kind of sort through and figure
1: out. Yeah, it sounds like it. And just for for clarity, are these like parent loans or what, like what kind of debt have have been incurred? Um, in? Yeah.
0: Well, I have tried to kind of keep up some of the extra cost in classes, and it's not even so much as loans as you know using a credit card here and there for certain classes or for books. And things like that. And now my daughter will be transferring over to uh, a university a couple hours from the house. So we're trying to save for, you know, the extra cost in that. That's
1: cool. And so, but as you said, there's a lot more intentionality uh, and control, that, as you alluded to. Um, now, I'm wondering, like, if we fast forward 11 months and the existing debts on your debt management plan are complete, have you given thought as to how you might plan to tackle some of the more recent debt? that uh, has been incurred.
0: Absolutely, that's actually the big key here because I, you know, with the fees, or I shouldn't say the fees with the payments that I make now to Greenpath for those bills, that frees up almost $450 a month. And as I budgeted after that 11 months, I mean, I could have the rest of that debt paid off within nine months after that. So we're we're really looking at less than two years to be completely debt-free. Which is amazing to me because, like I said, if I hadn't called Green Path to begin with, you know, it it was like a revolving uh, door of just nothing but debt and fees. I, I just kept paying for years and nothing came down. I didn't ever get that feeling of accomplishment until I started the debt management program. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel and it was a struggle at the beginning, but it seems like everything's kind of fallen into place. And I can't control everything. I just recently had dental work that, you know, there was a lot not covered. And I was able to get that paid off um, before putting it on credit, where back in the day, I would have had to charge everything I did, you know, things like that. So that's a huge difference now for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. And and that's an interesting point. And I want to kind of underscore it a little bit is, the money going to the debt management plan now to pay those existing debts from four years ago will then be reallocated towards the newer debt that you have. And thus, that's that's why you'll be able to pay it off quicker. And so it sounds like the the interest, the finance charges on, on that debt is a little bit more under control.
0: Oh, absolutely. I yeah. think before having so much debt and so much revolving line of credit, uh, making one late payment to one my interest rates, you know, four years ago went up to 30%, where now what I'm doing now is my credit score has, ra- I actually raised my credit score quite high over the last few years. I was in the low 500s when I started, and I'm up to almost 700 now. So the new debt that I have, um, my interest rate is much lower than a 30%. So it, it's easy to, um, it'll be easier to get rid of, I think.
1: That's great. That's great. And like one of the reasons I bring that up is just knowing the experience uh, of our listeners, having been a counselor myself and had having many of these types of conversations that if the debt that you had had been at a higher rate, which sometimes happens, um, Mm -hmm. we've routinely had people add Debts onto their debt management program, uh, and then get the rates back down. But obviously, the great thing is in hearing you is that that hasn't been the case, and you have a, a set plan for getting that down. So that's that's amazing to to hear. Too. Um, so, have you experienced any frustrations when it comes to your finances, and not necessarily specifically about debt, but just in general?
0: Well, you know, I think that sometimes when things like that happen, when you're on a good path, and um, you know, with grocery store prices getting higher and things, you know, gas is a, a lot more and things like that. It gets frustrating because I feel like right when I was at my best spot, where I was really getting there and I was going to be debt free, to have more extra debt, it's it's tough. It is frustrating, but like I said, I, I didn't stay frustrated for long because I have a plan, um, and that definitely makes it easier. But you kind of feel like it's almost like you let yourself down by making more debt because I was so gung-ho the first couple of years. I'm like, that's never going to happen to me and I can do this. And then, like I said, you have school costs that you didn't uh, plan for. You have dental things that arise that you didn't plan for. Um, so yeah, that can be
1: frustrating. Yeah. And I'm sure you looked at the alternatives, which is to say, well, you you could have chosen Not to spend in those areas, but then the consequences would have been long term as to your dental health and physical health, or you know, telling your child, "Sorry, I guess uh, you're just not going to have books if she, he, or she couldn't afford it," and that sort of
0: thing. Right? Absolutely. And you know, to be honest with you, college for my kids is a huge thing for me because I didn't go to college. I jumped right into the workforce at a young age, and I just want you know the best for my kids, and I don't want them to ever have to go through anything like this and you know I didn't plan on being you know a single mom 11 years ago and I didn't plan on having to work two jobs and things like that but that happened for me so for my kids to be able to go to school and you know and and they you know my daughter works too so she does what she can do as well um, but I just want to make sure that she's financially stable and doesn't get herself kind of in this mess.
1: Yeah. yeah, And that sounds like it's definitely one of your upcoming goals is just creating space for her to to thrive financially to the best of your ability. Um, what about for yourself? So if we fast forward, OK, a year from now, your debt management plan debt paid off two years from now. The other more recent debt paid off. What's what's coming after that in, in your mind right now?
0: So actually in my mind is something that I'm really kind of excited to do. My plan is I would love to make a move out of state and I'd like to kind of head south and I'm already starting to get things in the works for possibly being able to purchase a home again because I'm not a homeowner anymore. Um, I was for years and unfortunately with everything that had happened, you know, I'm not a homeowner. So that's kind of a big goal for me is to be a homeowner again.
1: It's amazing. And for those listeners that didn't hear your first story several years ago, like you had been subjected to a foreclosure at the yes. time. So like to put yourself in that position to make that a reality again is just inspiring to hear that you're getting closer and closer. And I'm sure it'll still be a hard road, but you're you're getting there,
0: yes, I'm getting there. I'm definitely on a much better road. <laughs> yes,
1: um, so before we wrap up, Michelle, I was just wondering if you had any words of wisdom uh, for any of our listeners, particularly those listeners, because you know you were our first guest, I believe, that was in the middle of a debt management plan. I routinely have mm-hmm. a little bit easier of a time getting people post debt management plan because it's right. just like, well, all my the struggles were in the past. I'm good now. Yeah, and you were right in the middle of it, and you stepped up and and had that conversation. So, what advice would you give to someone who is either very early on in their debt management plan, or maybe? hasn't even called us or has, but is still kind of not sure if they're going to go forward with that?
0: Oh my gosh. My advice to them would be to stick with it. Be okay with asking for help. Um, I think that was the biggest thing is, you know, don't feel like you let your, you know, you can't let yourself down. It's very easy to kind of beat yourself up to think like, I am a grown adult and yet I have to go to a company for them to help me. When in all honesty, in the world today with these credit card rates and things that are happening, it doesn't make you a bad person because you um, inquired some debt. I mean, it happens to the best of us. And I feel like I really want to encourage the people that did get into some debt, did reach out to Green Path, was doing very well and had a major slip up. Um, I go on the the Facebook page a lot, actually, and I see a lot of new members that say, you know, I'm really scared. Did I do the right thing? Because you hear a lot of different debt management programs. And and to be honest with you, i was so glad I called, you know, Green Path because there are a lot out there that don't work like you guys do. Um, so I've been very happy with this program. And I guess I would just really want to encourage people to just keep moving on and don't knock yourself because you know, you're not the only one out there. There's a lot more people. And I found that out just talking to people before I'd be embarrassed about it, where now I openly talk about green path. I said, you know, I was on this program and it was always shocking to me because a lot of people I've talked to, they're like, oh my gosh, me too. Like, oh, it's so embarrassing. And I always tell them, don't be embarrassed. You know, like, well, you did. I'm like, absolutely. I did. I've probably got four or five people signed up on the program. And I wouldn't, if I would have never talked to them, They would have been sitting there struggling all along and too embarrassed to go get out. So I think that's it. Mainly just I would love to encourage people and I want them to know, you know, it's not a gimmick. You know, it's not, you know, it's just been a wonderful program for me, like I said. And I think the fear of letting go and letting somebody else kind of help you out is hard for some people. But when you actually do it, you can learn a lot.
1: Absolutely. I know you've learned a lot and you've imparted your wisdom over the course of not only the three interviews that we've conducted, but I really do appreciate um, both your vulnerability and just the time that you've given. I know you've done other work with other people at Green Path uh, to share your story with media and through different forms. So I really sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining us again, Michelle.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: next guest is Natasha. Her original story is featured in episode 18, which we'll link out to in the show notes. A lot has happened since we last spoke, including a new position, milestones in her education journey, and an upcoming marriage. Each of these are tied to her money story. Let's check in with Natasha. Natasha, welcome back to Real Stories. So glad you could join us here again today. And what I'm asking each of our past guests, we, we want to get a, an update on what's going on in your life and, of course, how your finances have progressed. Um, so the first question I'll ask you is, you know, when we last spoke, I know you were looking forward to some financial goals at the time, which, just to refresh, um, you were talking about savings, specifically saving for kids' college, saving for a wedding, saving for retirement, what all has been going on since like, where are you at with everything? Uh,
2: I'm honestly doing really good. Um, Even with the economy and kind of the shift that's going on in the world. um, You know, it's been spending less or making the dollar stretch a bit more. Um, But overall having that savings um, has helped. Um, I'm doing a lot more with my kids on savings and finances as well. Uh, Anastasia, my oldest, actually has her own debit card now, and um, she has to, you know, she's learning how to spend her own money and how to save and how she's gonna, what she's gonna spend it on. Or um, so that's been exciting to see. She likes that little bit of freedom too. <laughs> um, it can get her in trouble sometimes. <laughs> she uh, she has a switch, and uh, there was one day that uh, because I get notifications when she spends money and she it was like nine o'clock at night and she had um purchased a video game and i'm like you're supposed to be in bed um but the excitement and the fact that she knows how to do that is um honestly pretty amazing and teaching my kids how to save money and how to budget um has been great uh we're getting ready for our wedding uh weddings in august um so we've got that uh almost paid for um Gosh, I don't know. There's been a lot that's gone on. I I don't know if I was in school last time we spoke. Um, I don't think.
1: I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't sound funny. Yeah,
2: I uh, actually went back to school uh, because of everything and um, during COVID, and uh, which has been fantastic because they um, the state of Michigan did a scholarship program for frontline. Front Frontliners. It was called Future for Frontliners. I qualified for it. So I actually went back to school. I uh, finished my uh, first associate's degree. It's just in general studies, Um, but I finished that with no debt, which is amazing. Um, I'm working on a second associate's, which honestly, I just need one credit, um, one class left. Uh, But I'm also working on my bachelor's in business finance. So my associate, my second associate will be done this next semester. And then I have another, like January 2025. I'll have my bachelor's, and essentially, I think overall I'm going to spend less than 10 grand on school.
1: Wow! Wow! And so, what, like, what is what are the implications of when you have your degree? Uh, do you anticipate that's going to affect your your career in the short term or long term?
2: I have a feeling it's going to. I mean, it's going to affect my career in the long term. Um, be more in line uh, with what I want to do and accomplish. Uh, I've worked in finance for a long time, so um, it's going to align with that. And it's been great. And uh, it was actually um, very awesome, too, because I'm going to two different schools because of my bachelor's degree, so I'm dual enrolled. And um, the biggest thing is the bachelor's degree is what was going to cost me. My first associate's was free, covered by the scholarships. Um, But my second associate, not completely covered. And then um, my bachelor's, obviously not covered. Um, But the nice thing is, of course, I get Pell Grants. um, But being more financially stable has been great. But also, I've paid more attention to what I can get, and I was able to get scholarships and things as well. So, that has been a huge benefit um, for me. Uh, So, I I think that's probably the most exciting part for me is just uh, school. And yeah, the wedding's in August, and it's getting closer. And it's just yeah,
1: well, yeah, with the wedding. So, like, and Listeners that didn't um, hear the first story, right? You've been married before, but in terms of, like, what have you learned? You you certainly sound like you're in a different financial situation now than you were back then, right? So, like, what has that experience been like? Trying to design something that's obviously meaningful to to you and your future spouse, but at the same time, something that's still in line with the rest of your goals. Uh,
2: more open. It. I've 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 been more open. And talking about finances, and I think that is one of the biggest things is being on the same page as somebody, um, and who's going to pay what and how finances are going to work. And I, I, money is a huge stress for a lot of people. And if you're not on the same page or you guys don't have the same financial goals, it can be difficult to get through, um, you know, long-term relationships. And i I, growing up, it always seemed to be. I, re- I remember the arguments between my parents um, or the concerns over finances. So not having that issue is nice. I mean, there's still going to be the discussions. Well, I want to spend, you know, I want to buy this um, a- and back and forth on, you know, decisions on if we should buy things right now or shouldn't buy things right now. Um, but I feel it's not having a huge financial burden or stress on you, it it definitely changes your life because then your stressors are your everyday things. My children, um, which I love, you know, (laughs) love to death, but, um, they're stressful kids. Raising kids are stressful. Um, going to school can be is stressful, uh, and not having the financial stress on how I'm going to pay for school or, you know, how I'm going to buy groceries this week and things like that. It, it's it's a big difference.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And um, when it comes to the the kids, one of the goals you indicated when we last spoke revolved around um, saving for kids' college. And you've now you've since got to college. Like, have you been able to make any progress, or where does that stand?
2: Yes. Um, so we have progress on that. Um, mostly, it's been going into their own savings accounts. Um, but I am looking at doing, like, a college fund savings account. Um, there's special specialized ones for the, the state of Michigan, and each state usually has them where you can only use them on education. But um, eventually, we'll, we'll get to that point. But right now, it's just been putting money aside, every paycheck, um, and it goes straight into the account. So I don't even see it. it. It doesn't touch my account, and I have to physically. It just goes, which... Um, I do find helpful as well, kind of an out of sight, out of, not out of mind, but it's just automatically happening. There's no thought process I have to put into it further.
1: And I imagine that's like, is that the same experience as you've had saving for retirement since we've last spoken?
2: Yeah. And I I mean, mostly saving for retirement, I put money in my 401k. So um, paying attention to that and how much I'm actually contributing Um, but I did, I upped that and, uh, I do, I do Roth, so I'm paying the taxes on it now and I don't have to worry about paying taxes on it later. Um, but increasing that every year as well as just, um, being aware of what's going on with my 401k and the funds that are going into it. And, um, I've also been, because of being more aware, I've been paying more attention to. you know your social security there's a portal you you can see how much you've put in towards social security and things like that so just being aware of those things and paying more attention to them
1: and you know you've you've made so much progress in both previously identified areas and then new goals that you've had as you said going to school have there been any frustrations that you could recall in the last uh, year plus since we last spoke
2: yes um you- <laughs> My youngest uh, doesn't like it when I tell her no. Like, we're not buying that right now. It's not in the budget. Um, and, you know, sometimes she'll be like, I just wish we were rich. And I'm like, well, we, you know, we're not struggling. It's, it's. I think your idea of rich is just being able to purchase and do whatever you want. And that's not really the case. Um, you know, <laughs> we're not poor. We're not financially struggling. But I I don't think you need, you know, an a new toy every day. So it's, um, I think she's probably the big, the biggest struggle is just the, all, all the needs, all the wants um, and teaching her the difference between needs and wants. And um, you know, you, you have plenty to play with or you have already have so much um, maybe, (laughs) maybe we need to take, take a step back and, and look that you don't, we don't really need to buy that. You don't really need that today. That's not a need. That's a want. So, um, teaching her, um, financial, the financial side of things has been a struggle.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I could just sense right now, there's like a collective head nod from all of our listeners who are parents (laughs) as they hear that perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how about like, and I I know you you work for a credit union in a customer or a member facing uh, role or you did when we last spoke. So I just saw you open your mouth. So tell me what's what's Um, going on.
2: So I did. uh, My position has changed. I now um, I'm fraud supervisor. So I take care of um, investigating fraud, um, hopefully protecting members from not from becoming a victim of frauds and scammers. so seeing that f- side of things is very different, um, because you can go from financial security to devastation in just moments. So, um, so it's a little different. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it, and and just just within your work overall at the credit union, as you interact with your colleagues and and your other members uh, that you serve have you noticed any, any trends or any, any new things, you know, since we last spoke, inflation has certainly gotten out of control in many ways, and it's a different economy than it was at the time. What have you noticed?
2: Um, it, it, what I have noticed is that, um, with the economy going the way it has been, or the state of it currently, um, there's definitely been a trend or a rise in fraud and the type of fraud we're seeing. Um, And a big thing is fraudsters are good at their, that's essentially their job. I'm good at my job. I'm sure, Chris, you're good at your job. So when you look at it, that perspective, it's not necessarily, um, I think people look at it and go, I can't believe I fell for that. Or how how stupid do I have to be? And it's, it's really not, it's not that. They're just, They're good at what they're doing. So, um, the hardest part, though, is you know, once you send the money to them, it's gone. the The likelihood of of getting it back can be slim to none, just because most of it is overseas um, or foreign. Um, But at the same time, being able to stop it and prevent it has been great. I, I enjoy it when I do that. Like, so glad we didn't send that money or that didn't get taken, but it can still be a heartbreaking spot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because you're you're doing something that's not only helping the uh, the risk as it pertains to your employer, the credit union, but just something that's ultimately also helping the members, uh, educating them and helping them to, to find things as early as possible. Yeah. 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 So um, what would you imagine would be if, if we were to to talk again in the next year or two, like what do you hope will have happened uh, by the time that that takes place?
2: Um, I'll be done with school, uh, which is exciting. I'll be married. Um, also exciting. <laughs> um, hopefully Annika, my youngest, will be out of her phase of just wanting to buy everything that she comes across. Um, and, you know, I, I'm hoping to have a couple extra certifications because this is, uh, I'm kind of i'm I'm finally in a role. um fraud compliance um, with when it comes to financial institutions is honestly where I've always been. So being there has been amazing um, but just continuing to grow in that position. And of course, um, I don't know that I guess the next thing I would like to have is just i don't I don't know. that's the thing. I'm happy with everything I have. You know, we have a house um. It's nothing giant, uh, but I'm I'm not big on having a big, huge space, um, so it's perfect for us, and I'm content, so um, there's no big financial goals for the future except for to continue um, saving, and I don't even know, because we've, I, I purchased cars, and we purchase new cars in 2021. So there's there's really nothing at this time.
1: Well, it, it sounds like it's like it's a marathon <laughs> that you're running but that you you have the stamina where you're you're making progress slowly but surely and you're you're getting there and and I think the other thing that's kind of important to lift up is you know, life can always happen. But it certainly sounds like you've you've put yourself in a position that if life should happen, as it will, that you've put yeah. yourself in a position to be resilient and to be able to adjust as as it occurs.
2: Yeah, exactly. Just saving for the rainy day right now.
1: <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Well, well, thank you, Natasha, so much for joining us again. It was great to catch up with you and uh, hear about your journey since we last spoke. Thanks, Chris. that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for next month when we catch back up with past guests Lavelle and Nina. My sincere thanks to Omari Hall, Shamika Joseph, Wendy Medrano, Tara Spicer, PT Fan, Beth Luke, and all the amazing folks at Green Path whose tireless efforts bring these stories to life. Special thanks to Hero whose beats will play us out. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination.